Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Let's continue looking at this Pasuk, this verse in Koheles, Yud Dalet, 10, chapter 10, verse 4. If the spirit of the ruler ascends upon you, your place do not leave. For a loosening, a softening, will cause the falling away of great sins, absolution of great sins. Fascinating. Hezbeh, explanation of this Pasuk, can be found in the Chovas Halavavos, the duties of the heart. Sha'ar, Akniyo, the gate of submissiveness, chapter 7. V'haravi'i, and the fourth element he's describing here, in context. Kishiyetiv lo'ha'el betova gdola. And God performs greatness, goodness, in a bountiful manner with an individual. For example, an endowment of great wisdom, excessive wisdom, great understanding, or great wealth, or glory, in relationship to the monarchy, any other such endowment from God, which is conferred upon the individual, it is typical for people to pride themselves of being endowed with these things and to become haughty on their account. If he remains and retains his lowliness, his internal sense of his, and does not increase other than in humility and lowliness, before God, and grant honor and goodness to humanity. Kamosha Omar Avram, as it is written concerning Avram, the time when the Creator praised him, and said, Genesis 18, 17, Shall I conceal from Abraham that which I am doing? About the destruction of Sodom. And I am but dirt and ash. In the next verse, Avram says. So God is obviously treating Avram with great honor and greatness. And Avram is not losing his 
fundamental relationship with the Kaddish Baruch with the Bari, the infinite, the ultimate greatness, and is not falsely transformed by this honor. The honor of Moshe of Aaron, similarly, Moshe and Aaron said in Shmos Tazayin Zayin, 16.7, in Exodus, V'nach And what are we? And King David said, blessed be, uh, a blessed memory in Tehillim, Psalms 22, 7. And I am but a worm and not a man. In this manner will there be a clarity of what is internal, that which is hidden within him, and a revelation of the truth of his subservience because he is retaining the quality of humility in spite of the external factors that would militate against the expression and realization of these qualities of humility. It's not getting to him. Not transforming him in a negative way. His subservience is true. It is retained. It does reflect his inner being because it's not thrown off course by the greatness that he is experiencing by the grace of God. And the wise one said, meaning King Solomon, but in Yenazek, concerning this matter, in Kohelis Yudalad, our verse, Im Ruach Hamoshal Talolecho, if the spirit of dominion ascends upon you, do not leave your station, your place. The idea here, Chovas Lovavas is explaining, this interpretation of the verse, is that the Ruach Hamoshal is a spirit of rulership that is coming upon a person as a result of their being vested with power, with greatness in various forms. King Solomon advises, do not leave your place. Strengthen your humility and your subservience before God. It does not continue along this idea, that's the conclusion of the Chavos Lavavos here. And he goes on to another idea, Vechamishi. But what's interesting is the conclusion of the verse. He doesn't carry it through to the end of the verse within this interpretation. Let's see if we can do that for him. After the Asnacht, after the Kamo, it says, Kimarpe Yaniach Chatom Gdolim, or a softening, or a healing alternatively, depending on various interpretations we saw, will cause great sins or errors to be left or forgiven. The implication. 
So this quality of humility in the face of greatness, a person is suddenly finding themselves with a new stature relative to other people. Somebody in, I think Los Angeles just got one, uh, two billion dollars or so, the Powerball. So they've been given this tremendous wealth, like the Chavos Vav says. The advice for them, do not leave your place. Do not let that alter your humility. Recognize that these gifts that do confer an element of power are coming from God, the all-powerful. Don't lose sight of that knowledge. Don't be internally derailed. And there is a benefit to this humility. The softening will cause the chatan gedolim, the great sins, to be left or healed, forgiven. Humility is a very beneficial quality. The Gemara Eruchim, the Tazayin Mabez, 16b. As an interesting passage about humility. It was inquired of Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Shimon, rebuke for the sake of heaven, or humility, not for the sake of heaven, not for its own sake. Not pure anava, but for ulterior motives. You've got these two qualities of tochacha and anava being contrasted, rebuke and humility. Which one is greater? What is greater between these two? Rashi. Tochacha lishma, rebuke. Lishma, Rashi says, Lashem Shemayim, for the sake of heaven. Vanova Shlolishma, that we're contrasting with comparing. Humility, not Lishma. Rashi explains, Anov, a person makes himself humble. And does not wish to rebuke another. But the reason why he wants to desist from the rebuke out of a sense of humility. Is not actually for the sake of heaven. But it is coming from a desire not to be hated. He doesn't want to rebuke because he doesn't want to be hated. So he's grabbing onto the quality of humility for an external reason. He has an, an ulterior motive for this manifestation of the humility, who am I to rebuke him? 
What's motivating him, though, is he doesn't want to be hated. That's the way Rashi explains it. So it's called Shalolishma. It is humility, but not for the sake of heaven. Which one of these is better? That is the Gemara's question. Amarlei, so he responded, Lomodis danavalishma adifa. And is it not conceded that humility for lishma, for an altruistic, pure intent, is greater? That seems to be Pashid. Domamar, as the Master stated, Anova Gadolamikula. Humility is greater than all of them. Domamar, Rashi tells us, Mesechaz of Arzara, Perkama Dafchafamid Beis, 20b, Anova Gadolamikula. Humility is greater than all of them. Tirsiv Yan, Moshach Osi, Lebasar Anovim. The verse extols humility as opposed to in contrasting with piety. It appears that anava represents the pinnacle of, of character qualities. Anava gadol so, therefore, even if the Anova is being experienced, the quality of humility is being undertaken, not Lishma, but rather Shalolishma, as Rashi explains, for some ulterior motive, he's engaging in humility. So, he is actually experiencing a sense of humility, even though what is pushing him to that is some other motive, that still is greater than all of the other qualities. The Omar of Yehuda, Omar Rav, in accordance with this teaching of Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav, a person should always toil in Torah and mitzvahs, even though he's not doing so for its own sake, because the continuous engagement in Torah mitzvos leads towards a more pure motivation. It doesn't mean that he is entirely disconnected from Lishma, he wants Lishma. He wants to do so. Torah and Mitzvot are the highest purpose. But he's using various other motivators to help him do what he needs to do, what he wants to do. That is what the Gemara is saying. That should always be done. Because the fulfillment of Torah mitzvos, the toiling in Torah mitzvos, even for ulterior motives, when one has their sights on lishma, 
leads to lishma. It leads to the more essential fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs. So that's the Gemara's conclusion about this discussion in a, in a broad sense. It seems to be content with this idea that the greatness of Anava, even Shalalishma, in theory, Shlomo could be telling us a Shalalishma motivation for Anava. The person who's experiencing these forces that push him to lose sight of the humility that he had previously experienced because of his newfound power, greatness, he should redouble his efforts to maintain his humility, even if the motivation for that is the softening, forgiveness of great sins, so be it. Even if it's Shalolishma, it is a worthwhile endeavor. Grab onto the Anava, even if it's for ulterior motives. We're not merely talking about an external action. We're talking about actually feeling Anava, experiencing humility. And if the motivation for that is something that is not intrinsically connected to humility per se, so be it. It's still a worthwhile endeavor. In fact, that seems to be the conclusion of the Gemara. Anova is gedol mikulam, and therefore shlolishma nami adifo. Even if it is not for its own sake, it's not altruistic. It is still superior. That's the importance of this character, the quality of humility. Agamar has a story, an interesting story. What would be an example? We were pitting two ideas, one against the other. The idea of rebuke. The shame shamaim, as Rashi said, for the sake of heaven, not to make oneself great, not to knock the other guy down, if that, in a perverse sense, gives a person a sense of accomplishment. No, no, for the sake of the mitzvah, there's a mitzvah in the Torah to give tochach or rebuke, even if they're doing so in a truly God fearing manner. That is what we were asking, comparing that to a nova shalolishma to the expression of humility, not for its own sake, not in in an intrinsically valid expression of humility, but for a side motivation, as described before, abstaining from rebuke due to a sense of humility. But what is underlying that humility is that being motivated, as Rashi said, that he should not be hated, No one likes someone who's pompous. It's not popular to receive rebuke. So if the person is feeling humbled, 
not up to rebuking because of that humility, even if that itself is motivated by a desire for acceptance, not to be hated, that, Gemara seemed to conclude, was still greater than than fulfilling the rebuke for the sake of heaven. The contrast here is, is quite remarkable. A tochacha, generally speaking, is a mitzvah. So the fact that it's being contrasted with a nava is remarkable. Meaning, as opposed to abstaining from the tochacha, not from a position of an- anivos, from humility. Of course, if somebody abstains from tochacha as an expression of rebellion, that's not a good thing. But what about if it's, it's being held back, the tochacha is being held back because of anivos? Even if that humility is not intrinsic, Marist seems to say that that is still greater. If it actually is coming from an experience of humility. Gemara gives in a case example. Hey, what would be an example of this contrast? Like the story of Rav Huna and Chia Barav. These two, Rav Huna and Chia Barav, were sitting before Shmo. Amar lei Chia Barav. So Chia Barav said, Barav said to him, Rashi says, So Amar lei Rebbe Chia is Rashi's girsa. Not Chia, but Rebbe Chia. Barav. So this is being addressed to Shmuel. So these two are sitting before Shmuel. And Chia Barav says, or Rebbe Chia Barav says, the master should see that he's bothering me. So Chia Barav is addressing Shmuel, the master, that Ravuna is bothering him. He's basically tattling. He says, you know what this Ravuna is doing? It's bothering me. So Ravuna accepted upon himself to stop bothering him. Okay, I'll stop bothering you. After he left, Rashi adds in, if you want to know what kind of bothering, Rashi says, Ravuna is hitting and is smacking me. So now the one who tattled left. Omar Lay, said, you know that what he did? I was just hitting him for no reason. You know what he did? He did such and such. Omar Lay, Rashi says, Ravuna Lishmuel, Ravuna, who was sitting with Chiyabarav, Rabbi Chiyabarav, in front of Shmuel, in front of the master, he's telling him what the background is. So Ravuna said to Shmuel, Lahachi Mitzanale. The reason why I bothered him, why I was hitting him, 
Dvar Migunim. Various things that he did that were less than savory. And that's why I was hitting him. Rashi continues, Vahainu Anava Shalolishma. And this is Anava Shalolishma. Humility, not for its own sake. Shalom Ali because he did not want to say this in front of but when he was not there, he was willing to say something disparaging about him. So he did not want to rebuke him from a sense of humility. It's called Shalolah If it was an absolute sense of humility, he wouldn't have said this even when he left. But he did not want to rebuke him to his face out of a sense of humility. So the Gemara continues, Omar lay, Amailo Amar lay be'anpe. So Shmuel says, the Rebbe over here, the master, says, why didn't you tell it to him to his face? Amar lay chasli delichsov zare dirav ayudai. He said, I, I was... Concerned to embarrass the son of Rav, that it should be he, that he's embarrassed at my hand. Of course, he's willing to hit him in front of Shmuel, but he didn't want to embarrass him in front of Shmuel. And if he would have said, "You oisvar, terrible," you know, you did this, that, and the other, rebuke him to his face, that he felt would embarrass him, and he didn't want to embarrass the son of Rav. Sakhir Barav is spared that embarrassment due to a sense of humility on the part of Rav Huna. And the Gemara gives this as an example of Anova Shalolishma. It's a humility not for its own sake, but he does feel as employing this sense of awe of Rav in holding him back from causing distress to the son of Rav that held him back from rebuking him to his face. And he, he was not willing to do that. That was coming from Anova Shalolishma. It was a humility, even if it was not totally pure humility, as Rashi says, he was willing to mention these less than savory things that he had, had done when Chiyabarav was no longer there to tell this to Shmuel. But still, so the circumstance changed he, he lost this sense of humility. It was not an intrinsic sense of humility. Nonetheless, it still is great. That's the Gemara, the story the Gemara is saying, approvingly, that this is a novo shalolishma, being greater than tochachalishma. Wachera. That's, that's it an idea of how great Anibos is. It's, it's such a good character, characteristic for a person to develop, 
to experience anava, humility, even if there's some external impetus, if it's not able to be maintained for its own sake, still, it's, it's a great thing to have a sense of anivas. So here, in, the, in this verse, we're describing a challenge to one's anivas. Even if it is Shalalashma, even if maintaining the humility here requires a person to employ a sense of protection from, from their sins. It's a, a meritorious thing to do. That's why because of this gain, nonetheless, do that, employ that. It's part of use the tools that you have to move yourself in the right way, in the way that you should be. Achieve makomcha al-tanach in spite of the challenge to maintaining anava. With ruach hamosha, the spirit of domination, dominion, ascending upon a person, Shalom al saying, bring in whatever you have, whatever shalom you have, this is a very big one, that's the hemshech, the continuation of the verse, according to the interpretation of the Chavos Lavavos, that is a good idea. Make sure to maintain the humility, the anivos. Continue in the Medrash, Kohelis Rabba over here, on this Pasuk. Im Ruach Tala Alecha. This is another interpretation. The spirit of the ruler ascends upon you. Medabe Benach. This is describing Noach. Nichnas El Hateva Birshos. He entered into the ark. By divine permission. And he disembarked, he left the ark also with divine permission. How do we know that he entered into the ark with permission? It says in the beginning of chapter 7 of Genesis, Enter in you, the whole base and your entire household, to the ark. How do we know he left with permission? As it says in the next chapter, Ches Tezayim, 8.16. Say, Min HaTeva Ato, leave from the ark, you, the Gomer, and the others. So this is an example of not moving. The spirit of the ruler comes upon you. You have the command of God, experience of awesomeness. The deluge is coming. Humanity is almost entirely going to be wiped out along with most life on the planet. Noah, through this experience, does not leave his, pla his place, so to speak. He follows exactly what God said. He entered in. There's a huge 
change. Over the course of the flood, of the deluge, you have the destruction of the entire civilization that had disintegrated prior to the flood. This is a spirit of the ruler standing up upon you. Noach did not build an ark or even enter the ark as an expression of self-preservation. He did it at God's behest. It's a remarkable thing. God could have told Noah, I got plans. Everything is going to be destroyed. And Noah could have thought, you know, maybe I should get myself a boat. Or, even with God telling him to build a boat, he could have been motivated. Okay, this is an act of self-preservation. I've, I've got to get myself into that boat. Shockingly, he was nichnas bereshus. He went in by invitation. Is it a full cognizance that the spirit of the ruler, this spirit of judgment, if you will, had absolute sway and domination, and he was not trying to exempt himself from that or to save himself from that. He was aware of what was going on and accepting of it, and he only entered in the ark by invitation. And similarly, when he left, he only left when he was told to leave. The continuity of the verse. Makomcha al-Tanach. Your place do not leave. So whether his place was outside of the ark, that was before he was invited into the ark, or whether his place was in the ark before he was invited to disembark and go out of the ark. He did not leave his station, did not leave where he was. He was in no way trying to escape the Ruach HaMoshel, the spirit of the ruler, the expression of justice and judgment, he was fully resigned to divine judgment. On both elements of this catastrophic experience, the, the destruction going in and on the rebuilding going out, the new world, He was resigning himself to God's command, whatever God says. He's not doing any of this in a manner that is reflecting any attempt to escape or circumvent God's judgment. He sees this massive, universal expression of divine judgment 
He understood the, the wisdom. Chachma says, do not leave your place. And wherever his place was, whether that was outside the ark or inside the ark, over this tkufa, over this time period of Ruach HaMosha, the spirit of judgment, he only changed his positioning strictly in accord with God's command or invitation, if you will, not by his own personal impulse. He was entirely and completely resigned to the expression of divine wrath. Just to continue the verse, this stance causes a, a great soothing for tremendous sin. The full resignation to divine wrath in itself facilitates the healing and the shift away from that wrath. Continuing in the Medrash, the spirit of the ruler ascends upon you. This is speaking of Joshua. Just as Israelites crossed over the Jordan with permission, so too they did not ascend out of the Jordan other than with permission. How do we know they crossed over with permission? Shinema, as the verse states, beginning of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 11, cross over in the heart, in the middle of the camp, that they ascended with permission, that is described a little bit later in Joshua, chapter 4, verse 17, and Joshua commanded the priest, saying, Ascend from the Jordan. Here too, we find that the actions of the Jewish people, as led by Joshua, were entirely guided by the Ruach HaMosha, the spirit of the ruler of God, whether that be to expose themselves to the Jordan, which required miraculous protection, or to leave the Jordan and begin embarking upon the campaign of the conquest of Israel. They did so strictly through the directive of God both ways. Alternatively, this is also experienced and expressed by King David, Ad Shalomalach, before he became king, it says, Vidavid Huakaton. In Samuel 1, 17, 14, it says, and David was the smallest. Kishamalach, and when he became the king, the verse says in Divrayamim Aleph, 
Chronicles 1, Chav Ches Beis, 28-2, Vayokom David HaMelech Araglov, and King David got up on his legs, Begome. The continuity of the verse is quite important here. What does he say after he gets up on his legs? Vayomer, the verse continues, and he said, Shemuni achai ve'ami, hear me out, my brothers and my nation. Ni im lovavi livnos beis menuchal aron bris Adonai, laron ragle Eloheinu, achinosi livnos. He's addressing the Jewish people concerning the construction of the temple as my brothers, my nation, in a spirit of camaraderie, although he is king. Alternatively, this sense is along the lines of the Chovos Lovavos. Alternatively, this verse is an expression of that with, which we find in the life of Mordechai. Before he became great, the verse states in Esther Beis Yutes, Mordechai Yoshev Bishar Melech. He dwelled, he sat at the gate of the king, when he was catapulted to greatness. Yoshev Mordechai Al Shar Melech. In chapter 6, it also says, And Mordechai sat at the gate of the king. So Mordechai did not allow this transformation of his political power to alter who he was and how he sat. The gate of the king, Hamelech, refers to God. He's fully aware that his greatness only increased his responsibility before God, but in no way impacted his humility before God.